everybody. This is week three of the Launch Sequence podcast with Space Tomato. I am Space Tomato. I'm here with Drazen, and we're here to talk to you guys about some sci-fi gaming. It's particularly Star Citizen, but uh, gaming as a whole. And we don't really want to waste too much time. We got a lot of stuff going on today, so I'll get started. Actually, Drazen, I'll let you go ahead and get started with our talks today. We'll probably start with some Star Citizen stuff. What's been going on? What has your eye? Absolutely. Yeah, we just finished up Fleet Week, which was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Got to do uh, quite a bit of things. Um, a little bit of leaks too involved at the tail end. Um, yeah, it was an awesome wrap up. I think everybody had a lot of fun with this Fleet Week, especially with the new dynamic events that we're now getting to see roll out in game. Um, yeah, uh, now we're getting some more certainty to three fourteen as well, wrapping up Fleet Week you, too. So you liked you liked the Fleet Week. You thought it was pretty good? I always think it's pretty good. I think CIG always does a really good job with these semi-yearly events, in my opinion, because they need to. They need to make money, and this is one of the biggest events during the year where they do make quite a bit of money. So it always is either good, great, or amazing. And I think this year was good, possibly even great with the tour and the bingo and things like that. I can see some. There, there are definitely some good parts of it. I'm a little more pessimistic, uh, I guess, negative, honestly, about about it. Um, I think they do an okay job. I think they mm -hmm. get the ships out there, and it's an exciting in-game event. But as far as dynamic events go, I mean, it's just a parade with assets. So that's fun, and it's cool to look at, especially when they bring out new ships like they did the Javelin last year, and now they're doing the Bengal this year. Who knows what they'll do next year. But that's about it for me. I mean, besides that, you can do the tour, but it's just there's not much addition, especially if it's a, a, a new free fly event, right? You're bringing in new players and you want them to get the best experience out of Star Citizen. Honestly, Xeno Threat would be a better free fly event for, for new players because at least they get to go to an event get into a game and experience what Star Citizen is about, which is working together, filling up a ship, transporting objects around, you know, that kind of stuff. Going and watching some ships fly into the space station, and most of the new players probably never even knew it was happening because it was not very clearly marked on your star map. It was kind of lackluster, I think, for, for a new player who's jumping into the game. So for the most part, your main entertainment is going to come from community-made events. That's not a problem. That's what makes Star Citizen good right now. And that's kind of where we're at with Star Citizen. But that's just, it, it really becomes clear to me when something like that, you know, they do an event like that throughout the year. And that's just, you know, I see that. That's all I see. I think it can be better. I think the, the next event, Ninetales Lockdown, which, you know, we're not technically supposed to know about. I think that'll be better because that one sounds like it's based on uh, gameplay. And they are also saying, I've been hearing, you know, whispers and murmurs uh, that there are multiple events in the planning for this year. So there are more planned. It's just this one in particular always feels a little weird to me. It's just a parade. That's my <laughs> rant about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that's kind of, that's the hot take that we saw 
during the, I forgot what team talked about it, the narrative team, I believe, where there was a discussion about what's the whole purpose of, of Fleet Week within lore and essentially had two people, one on one side saying, oh, it's awesome and all pro, pro nation kind of, you know, I don't know, maybe hearkening back to a certain era of Germany's time kind of aspect to take it. And the other guy was like, this is a complete waste of money. Why are we doing this? The public doesn't get to really, you know, engage much with these, you know, military people. And this is, this is from a lore perspective. <laughs> from a lore perspective, which I feel like might have yeah. some echoes into the actual game too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. People like to live the lore. I don't think that, <laughs> Star Citizen's at a place where people are really getting into that yet. <laughs> but I do think that people will pay attention to the lore when they're considering some of the things that happen in the game. That's, that's a situation that CIG is kind of starting to set up. So if you do see them starting to release videos that are meant to show that there's like strife in the fiction, then likely they're also going to try and create a situation in which there's strife in the community as well kind of to reflect <laughs> that not not so much that people are fighting with each other but just there are differing opinions much like the election that was earlier this year you know a lot of people <laughs> actually started to to really believe strongly in the candidate that they liked so that'll be very cool if they're doing <laughs> that but i think there's also the other aspect of it and that is that is it actually fun to be part of the game anyways that's a different argument i think <laughs> but regardless the 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 week was good for sales of course and i think for new players and as an event in general uh i think it was a general success especially compared to last year's invictus week the the start of invictus week last year was miserable nobody could play nothing would work so this event was already better than that and their sales while not coming in as high as last year was still very very high historically speaking so i think all in all it was a good event <laughs> we can't we can't fault that moving Absolutely. on though to the roadmap and we can kind of package up we could talk about the roadmap and we can talk about 314 which is coming up it's the next update in star citizen and some of the bigger features that were going to be in that update got delayed a couple weeks ago i think we talked about that maybe but this last week we got another roadmap update and some things were added, things were solidified. I've actually got it right here. They're mm -hmm. now Orison and uh, the, the planet it's on, Crusader, are still not completely sure to be in the next update, but we've got power management, which is all the capacitor stuff, reintroducing how power management in your ship is going to affect how you can fly and fight in combat. That's going to be pretty big. Radar scanning and ping is getting a complete update. That's huge. That's super wide ranging. There are a few other things, you know, there's a, the HUD updates, volumetric clouds, obviously, and then the Constellation Taurus is going to be good for cargo people. What are your thoughts on 314 uh, after being, you know, we're a month out where you're probably a week, maybe two weeks away from starting to hear about Evocati waves. Things are pretty set in stone, and I don't think we're going to see too much added or taken away from this. We might see Orison and Crusader leave, but as it stands right now, what do you think? I think it's a setup for a pretty dull patch. And I'm always very careful when I say that. When we talked a month or two ago, I told you pushing a certain event off to another patch may indicate that a certain patch may be dull. 
In this case, it was the uh, Ninetales lockdown event. I'm almost curious to see, after having so many things removed from 3.14, if we don't see them introduce a dynamic event to bolster the patch itself. As it stands now, kind of underwhelming in my opinion. I will have six Tauruses after uh, that ship goes live. It's a ship that I was looking for, not necessarily that I won't. Six. I have six Nova tanks Excuse right now. Me, I six? will then have six Tauruses, yes. <laughs> um, go big or go home, right? But, yeah, uh, I guess six Tauruses or a car. Or a car, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's CCU chains um, is really all it is. It might be a cool Something ship. Something that I'm, I'm just now... Mm -hmm. about to i mean at least as of recording this working on putting out it'll be on the youtube channel by the time this goes live but absolutely ccu change definitely drop a link to it you know below or above i don't know <laughs> um everywhere everywhere um but yeah i don't think 314 is going to be all that interesting i think people are probably good waiting until maybe 315 or even 316 maybe um to hop back into the game to see a lot of new shiny things and features and ships and when you say that you're talking about new players or you're talking about just like casual, like people who are into the game, but maybe not playing every week, who are the, who's, who are you talking to with that? Target demographic with that statement would be people who've played Star Citizen for a year or more or are veteran backers who occasionally check in. I think if so you're people past the honeymoon phase, absolutely. People past the honeymoon phase, honeymoon phase ended for me after playing Star Citizen at least weekly or monthly, about a year in. So I would say if you're a veteran person or you play Star Citizen quite a bit or check in, I would say you can probably skip 314, maybe check back 315. 315. I think 316 would be, would be minimal. Three, yeah. There are that. some big things coming in 316. Probably actually just skip this year, to be honest. If you're a casual player, I would just skip this year. It's, it's a good looking year, but it does, it's not... It's not, I put out a video about this mm -hmm. maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago now. It's a good looking year and that video mm -hmm. is still true. Things are still on that upward trajectory, but you're not, you're still not going to enjoy playing this game. Big things are coming. I mean, we're talking salvage mechanics, mm -hmm. physical inventory, iCash, new star systems, big whole, uh, big cargo ships and a complete cargo refactor. Like these are big changes that i talked about that are coming into the game most likely this year and then early next year server meshing but you're gonna want to wait until like another year after all that stuff is in because all that stuff's gonna be buggy all that stuff's gonna work weird and they're gonna be polishing that stuff for probably about a year for a few updates after it comes in so i would say if you are interested in this game casually definitely give it at least <laughs> until late 2022 you'll have plenty of games to keep you excited and happy until then at the very least, check in every six months during a big sale. So if you hopped in during um, Fleet Week, hop in again at the end of the year for the anniversary mm -hmm. sale. Might be worth it. Check out some new concept ships. Maybe buy one. Who knows? And watch my monthly reports. Mm -hmm. I'll buy generally keep all the news that you need to know in there. You'll know what's going on in the game if you watch that and uh, have a pretty good finger on the pulse, mm -hmm. honestly, from, from month to month year to year quarter quarter to quarter you will have a pretty good idea of what's going on and when you want to get in for yourself so do it 
that actually brings me to the last subject of Star Citizen, which is Phase 2. This is something that has not really gotten around into the community yet. We'll probably be hearing more about it in the next few months. Star uh, CIG themselves likely, you know, this could be an internal term, honestly. I don't actually know. And this could also be something that I shouldn't be talking about in too much depth, but essentially this is, and, and don't worry, this is not something that's come from CIG. We're not, you're not party to criminal acts here. <laughs> uh, they are looking to step forward into a more, more polished, I want to say more consumer facing version of the alpha. That sounds bad at first the first way I say it, because that's that's probably why they're they're going to be real careful about the messaging. Essentially, they want to make sure that this alpha starts to look like a game. They're saying the same thing that I was kind of saying in the video, which is that they're taking a step into a new part of development in which the game is properly being built. Features are going to start to be seen that really change the way that we play the game. Polish is going to start to come into older features and there are going to be swim, swinging changes that just completely overhaul how things work to a sense that it feels more final. <laughs> and I think this is, this is kind of, it's not beta, but it is their late stage alpha, I guess, perhaps. I don't know. But this is something that I've been hearing a little bit about. I don't know much else about it, but something to keep an eye out for. May or may not hear messaging about it in the next six months. I personally would love to see the game feel more like a game. I don't think anybody else would disagree with that. So I'm excited to hear something like this, but also am wary that it could just be, you know, PR, marketing lingo, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Did you have any, any thoughts about that? Or are we ready to move on to our next, next topic? I was in that same room as you when that was discussed with certain people. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say your thoughts echo mine exactly. I think... People who assume Star Citizen is in a definite alpha and will move to a definite beta to a release concept to a release, I think you're misinformed. And I think you are thinking of Star Citizen incorrectly. Um, and I'll essentially leave it at that. I think we're seeing a different process of Star Citizen being released. And it'll be interesting to see how CIG handles it. But I've, I'm ready to move on if you are. They will, I think they will stick with the labels alpha, beta, release. I don't think they'll reflect what everybody usually expects them to reflect. I, I think technically we're not we're in the pre-alpha stage now, so it's already a little blurry, but that's, <laughs> that's another conversation. Let's talk again. There's a recurring topic. This is going to keep coming up for the next, oh, I don't know, two weeks? One week, and then, yeah, two weeks, I guess, and probably a little bit after that, we'll always be referring to it, but E3 <laughs> is... <laughs> weeks away and it keeps approaching never stops inevitable march towards fun video game time of the year i asked on my stream the other day how many people were excited for it not many people really care star citizen is a community filled with people who like star citizen that's about it there's a lot of people who like other stuff like star citizen but it is very much a this game is my game kind of community and uh, that's okay there are a lot of people who also like other games and because of that, we will be hosting a, an E3 channel in our Discord. We'll be doing discussions. I might even stream some of it in there and we'll, you know, we'll hang out. We'll chat. We'll watch the keynotes together and all that jazz. But Absolutely. Um, we've been talking about E3 for, I think, ever since this podcast started. Mm -hmm. 
uh, topic we haven't discussed so far was that there will be a few notable companies that actually won't be in attendance. And to some people, this is news to a lot of other people it isn't, but I think that's something we can touch on today. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there are, uh, a couple companies it's, it's, uh, EA I know is not going, who else is not going to be there? Activision Blizzard. Yeah. Activision Blizzard and, uh, Sony, <laughs> big, big boy Sony. It's pulling out for, I think, the second year in a row now. Mm-hmm. And I remember towards before COVID started, E3 was kind of in this position where it's been, I mean, it's been on a decline for like six years. People were like, it's just getting worse and worse. Yep. Uh, they're having scandals. They're having problems. They're not getting the attendance they need. Their patrons are pulling out. Their clients, rather, are pulling out. Mm-hmm. And after COVID, I think a lot of people were like, bring back E3. Like, we want... This this whole what they tried last year was really bad. The whole summer fest, oh, this will be announced on this week and this announced on this week, and you just like you're all over the place for like three weeks. That that did not work out well. I think mm-hmm. it's good to go back to E3, but it's interesting that Sony is skipping again. No. They're doing their own events. What do you think? I don't know if you play much Sony. They are coming to PC more and more, so I think they'll get more popular in our crowd. But what do you what are you thinking you want to see from them? And why do you think they're not gonna be there? I, Sony have, I mean, they have the PlayStation, you know, they kind of do their own thing congruent to Xbox. I don't like Sony. I only ever owned a PSP PlayStation portable way back Mm -hmm. in the day. I don't keep up with them. There aren't many Sony exclusives that have ever perked my interest personally. Um, I know they had a state of play 2021, which was held in February. Didn't really hear too much news about that they just um, had something too and then we're also a possible sony uh, summer showcase which we just heard about as well so yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting i don't think they're mm-hmm. ready to show off the new god of war i think no. i just saw that that was getting moved or delayed mm-hmm. or something like that and what is what other what's their other big so they got ratchet and clank that's a big one mm-hmm. horizon zero dawn or horizon forbidden west now Death Stranding, God of War. I can't really think of what the other, what other big, big hitters. Spider-Man, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Hmm. They don't do anything else with Metal Gear really anymore. I don't know what their big game would be. I don't know what the big thing would be this year for them to show off. So that'll be, I'm excited. It'll be funny if they got the rights to do something with Elden Ring. Since last time it was Microsoft, Elden Ring is something that people are really looking out for mm-hmm. with, uh, I think, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro is working on it. But besides that, I just, I don't know what their big game would be. Something's probably flying over my head right now and it's obvious and people are screaming at their phones and their laptops or whatever, but Absolutely. I don't really remember. This is a Xbox Microsoft centered podcast, right? <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It is. But I'm, I mean, I've, we have not missed a Sony console since the ps2 so we've we've kind of yeah we've been very much sony as well just in general all games nintendo xbox Mm -hmm. nintendo microsoft sony my sister has always had playstation so Mm -hmm. that is that is a constant in my life and i'm okay with that because they got great games they are also really responding to game pass it seems now i know a lot of people on pc gaming don't use or know about game pass it is a pc thing i said the other day in a video that 
Starfield was coming to Game Pass platforms and people were like, no PC, no play. I don't care about this. I think I mentioned that last time and I was like, guys, this is, that means that the, it includes PC. And the Game Pass is an incredible service. You get tons of access to all these games that you would probably not otherwise play. You know, you get to expand your your horizon when it comes to games, see new new stuff, try out stuff that you wanted to try before, play the occasional maybe double A game that came out six months ago. On top of that, you get day one access to EA games, Bethesda games, and Microsoft games. I'm, I'm It sounds like a sales pitch, honestly. It does. <laughs> but I just really like the service and it's really freaking good. Uh, and Sony is definitely seeing how much it's catching on and they're responding to it. They're starting to pick up bigger games to give to their Sony Plus subscribers. And I think that really speaks towards Microsoft actually kind of having a hit on their hands here. Mm -hmm. I mean, besides the myriad of other signs that have told us that, Microsoft, I think, has just really nailed it with this and I think is leading the market that's inevitably going to turn that way anyways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. So why do you think that Activision Blizzard isn't going to E3? Did they used to do that, even though they have their own BlizzCon? Did they still do E3 as well? I believe Activision back in the day before it became Activision Blizzard. I think they did back way back when, so a couple years ago yeah, at least. Activision would have been there with COD, no doubt. With COD, exactly. Well, now Activision is Blizzard, so now it's BlizzCon. But we're not getting a BlizzCon uh, for 2021. They're planning on doing an event early 2022 to make up for not having a 2021 BlizzCon. But that we also have seen a fairly, fairly low key year between Activision and Blizzard as far as games go. Um, they haven't talked much about what that event is or what games they may talk about during it. So I haven't heard too much on that front. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I don't I don't really play many of their games. I used to love StarCraft, but <laughs> they kind of lost me. I think they should have continued in the StarCraft universe with other types of games, but they they saw where the money was. Absolutely. Didn't really work out that way. EA not being there is that is a company that I can speak towards because they are they have some games that I am excited for. Now, I know EA bad it is it's natural you hear their name and you, you you cringe you shrink up like a freaking raisin but they have some games that i like mass effect for one is a very big one now <laughs> i wasn't a huge fan of andromeda but it still played well it was still fun to play and bioware has made mistakes but they're not they're not inevitably dumb right like they know they made mistakes. A lot of companies have learned a lot of lessons in the last four years. And I think Bioware has learned that if they want to keep on people's good graces, even if it's not the same group that made that legendary trilogy, they need to come back and make a very good Mass Effect game. And I think, mm -hmm. I think they got that. They're returning to the original setting. They're adding some of the original alien species. They're making callbacks to the original trilogy. I think they got that. Kind of like 343 got with Halo. I think possibly like uh, Bethesda might have realized after Fallout 76, I, I think several of these companies are starting to get this. So we'll see. I don't think we'll hear any, anything about Mass Effect, but we will hear about Battlefield 6. We're both excited about that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be uh, seeing a proposed uh, release trailer uh, July 9th, which is, mm -hmm. you know, maybe nudging a little bit into E3. But, uh, was it Ju 
It's June 9th, right? Or June 9th, yeah. Sorry, June yeah, 9th, yeah, which will be week. right before E3, maybe a little yep. nudge to them. Um, but then we'll hear a lot more about it during EA Play um, 2021. We're yeah. supposed to be hearing a good bit about the multiplayer, which is something uh, similar to Halo Infinite um, that we're supposed to be hearing a little bit more about. That's been uh, questioned. We always know there's going yep. to be a solid campaign, but people have been asking what multiplayer is going to look like. So I think we're going I to always, hear a good bit about that. I'm not going to lie. I've been more confident in 343's ability to make good multiplayer more than their ability to make good campaign. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I hope they prove all of us wrong <laughs> with this new game. I really do. Um, they, or rather, sorry, Battlefield is an interesting one because it's not sci-fi but it is something that i grew up with so it, it i do have a very i have fond memories of it mm -hmm. and i think that's going to be one of those weird ones that's out of left field that i'm playing on twitch or my maybe i'm uploading footage to youtube or talking about on discord that people are going to be like huh space tomato didn't know he was into war games that's a particular one but I will be interested to see if they do anything good with the campaign in Battlefield because that one's always kind of that that's like the the real hit or miss with that series. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And then what what else is coming from EA? I guess Dragon Age mm -hmm. might be a thing. I don't know. Have you ever played that? Never played Dragon Age. Never had much interest in it. Mm, but you know about it. Yes. That, you know, fantasy. I think Dragon Age. I would be very surprised if we didn't see Dragon Age get very heavily uh, influenced by both Skyrim and Witcher 3. Because huh. the last Dragon Age to come out, when was that? That would have been... Uh, what was the most recent Dragon Age? Inquisition? Dragon Age Inquisition. That was 2015. So that probably, maybe that would have been inspired a little bit, influenced a little bit by Skyrim. But this one, this next one would have had a lot of time to really study Witcher 3 and figure out what made it tick, what made it work. Mm -hmm. And I think Dragon Age, this new one, will probably have some of that going for it. That'll be interesting. I don't know if they're going to show it off, but they've been teasing it for years and they have nothing else that's really right around the corner in terms of big games, unless EA is holding something back. So maybe we'll see some Dragon Age 2. That'll be cool. Absolutely. You know what we... Actually, I don't know if we will or will not see anything from this, but you th well, let me ask you, do you think we're going to see any cyberpunk? Mm -hmm. I think we'll be, we'll be blessed with another hot fix. <laughs> another poorly scheduled hot fix. Have you seen the new roadmap? God, you know, if, if you haven't seen the new roadmap, don't look at it first. Look at the original roadmap <laughs> that they gave us in December of last year, right before the release of cyberpunk and tell me, which one is easier to understand? Sorry, spoilers. They're both terrible because they both don't give definitive times. Hey, go ahead. Tell me your thoughts. They, <laughs> the roadmap just, it's mostly the same, to be honest. <laughs> so the first roadmap already had problems. The first roadmap was just bad. They put it out and it's just like a bar. It's very ambiguous. They kind of give you some like windows of time, but they don't give you any specific dates, which is probably the best idea. I mean, that works for them. You know, <laughs> CIG has learned don't give specific dates, but they are super ambiguous about it. Like, oh, this part of this year, this will come out. 
And there's also, there were no real details showing this is what we plan to fix here. This is what we're aiming to do here. We want this to have it a certain state here. And then, <laughs> then we can start working on DLC. Probably not how they do it, but we don't know because they didn't tell us. But the new roadmap, now this one, it's similar, but it's got some new things going on. They kind of stretched it out a little bit and actually made it more ambiguous. They added like this whole section where they were just like, okay, so from this part, it doesn't even say halfway through the year. It just says from this part of 2021 until sometime in 2022, we're just going to put out multiple patches and updates. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it. Just like this massive window where multiple things could come out at some point. And then before that, they just have like these random points on the bars where it just says mm -hmm. hot fix here, hot fix there, hot fix everywhere. Get your hot fix. And I'm just it's it's crazy that. On one hand, we look at CIG and their roadmap. And we're like, come on, do better. And CIG is fu is funded by us, so it makes sense that we demand more, but. I guess I guess they must put something better out to the shareholders, right? This is just what they put out to us to placate us, to keep us busy, to, to make us shut up. What they really care about is their messaging to the shareholders, and that's what we get from CIG. So I guess you can't really compare the two, but my gosh, just the difference between them is astounding. It's crazy. The, the roadmap for Star Citizen is insane you've got links between links going to different features that show different teams and what they're working on and when it's supposed mm -hmm. to start when it's going to finish and when what team is working on what it's it, it really does go to show that when you are depending on somebody for money you better make sure you you respect them absolutely alongside the roadmap they put um they also did a kind of controversial stability improvement um, graph, which failed to include a y-axis. Um, it had, you know, patch 1.1, hotfix 1.11, patch 1.2, and it has, um, and I'm looking at it here, it has crash rates, you know, going down, of course, because they wouldn't show us the graph if it wasn't going down. The issue is, is there's a lack of a y-axis. It only shows dates between January to May, but we don't know what the crashes is at 80% of clients crashing? Is it a 1% down to 0.5%? We don't know. We don't know the actual numbers. We just know it's going down. So maybe from a business perspective, it made sense, but they also showed that. And it was kind of silly for them to do that. Like, hey, we're doing something. They really need to just step up to the bat and deliver on the game they promised. The top of that graph could have literally been like 10,000 per day and the bottom of that graph could have been like 9,950 per day mm -hmm. and they were like look we decreased the crash rate by 50 like, they didn't even put any numbers up there mm -hmm. that's weird yeah huh i haven't seen that yet so that's good good look on them this really just shows what i was going to say before is this just shows that these companies don't respect us, really. Nope. <laughs> like, unless the company is getting the money directly from you, mm -hmm. they only care about you for like six months before the game launches and then a couple months after. And then every time the DLC is about to come up. Now, that's not a that's a blanket statement. That's not true for every studio. But a lot of these studios are like that. And I'm, quite honestly, CDPR, while it was celebrated, why everybody was freaking kissing the cheeks of CDPR for the last <laughs> couple of years. 
uh, I think they've really kind of shown who they answer to here. And it's a bummer. But, you know, you got to keep a lookout for publicly traded game companies. Mm -hmm. This can happen to them. They are controlled by more than just the interest of that game being good. Mm -hmm. That's enough cyberpunk, though. There was a rather special game that you were very excited about uh, that we that we got to look into this week absolutely yeah it was uh, callisto protocol um Mm -hmm. if people are familiar with dead space um certain guy that worked on it mr uh showfield um had left the studio that had originally made dead space and went to the developers of PUBG and has announced a new horror sci-fi game called Callisto Protocol. It is actually an original narrative set in the PUBG universe, set 300 years after the events of PUBG. It's funny, right? Because it's the events of PUBG, right? But PUBG is a semi-silly battle royale where a cast iron frying pan can literally save your ass. Um... And while Showfield wants the Callisto Protocol to be the scariest game on next-gen platforms and PC, why would you base it in the PUBG universe, which is kind of a, a little more serious than maybe Fortnite, but nowhere near as serious as a Call of Duty Warzone is beyond me. Well, what I was going to say was, and this is, this is the only reason I could really come up with it. It's a weird one, given the context, like you said, but... Maybe they're just working. Today's rage is all about creating your own verse, right? You know, making a fiction, a world that you can connect all of your stories, games, movies, TV shows, whatever it is to. Maybe that's just what they're trying to do. They're saying, hey, everything that we make as a studio is going to be all connected to this central line. That way, whenever it becomes convenient to us, we can easily make crossovers. We can make some, you know, Easter eggs here and there. Something will pop up that you wouldn't have expected. The little thing, you're playing the game and you're fighting the last boss and you look over and there's something that you saw in a game you were playing five years ago that happened to be one of your favorite games. It's just, I think it's just a fun little thing to do. There there could be more to it, but mm-hmm. I think it's just that simple, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit. Absolutely. The fact that they have the guy who made Dead Space, though, is, what what was his position? At, what was that? Um, Visceral Games? It does Visceral Games, yeah. I'm... Because that, you know, that could be a big thing. That could be a small thing. The fact that they got this guy from Dead Space is, is a big <laughs> deal because Dead Space came at a time when horror games didn't really know what to do. Fear <laughs> was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And there were some other... What was his position? Did you find it? His position was he was an executive producer of, okay. uh, so of Dead was, Space. Yeah. He was up there. He was doing stuff. Did he work on the, the sequels? I, I'm not sure about that. I would assume so. Anyways, like I was saying, Fear was really good at what it did. People love the AI. That's something a lot of people talk about. And it was just a general scary game with a good gameplay focus. That's kind of a difficult thing to do is to make a game creepy or scary and also make it fun to play. Another game that I think of is Bioshock, which wasn't meant to be scary, but the atmosphere and the way they built the game was just so well done that it really drew you into this world that kind of terrified you at times. And it was really good at setting setting the tone. Dead Space took it to another level. Dead Space came after that and they were like... <laughs> Bioshock, you didn't want to stare any, scare anybody, huh? Well, mm-hmm. hold on. <laughs> hold, hold yourself. And they were really good at it. That game was, I remember 
the first part of that game, it has this sequence where I believe you're playing through the cutscene. You're actually talking to the person. Like normally a cutscene would take you out and they do the whole third person thing. In this, you are talking to the person. It's the middle of a scene and you're controlling them walking around this room and you can't really go anywhere. And in the middle of it, this alien breaks in and tries to kill you. And a lot <laughs> of times they break through vents. They come from places you can't see. The game was freaking terrifying. The atmosphere was perfect. The design was great. The gameplay was good. So to think they're going to take the PUBG budget and apply it to that, <laughs> and then also all the advancements we've made in the last 10 years, the graphics, <laughs> the possibility of VR uh, or AR features, just mm-hmm. ooh, co-op, drop in, drop out, four-player co-op or something. Oh, yeah. This game, this game could be a big deal. It really, I think, depends on what the budget is, though, what, what the market they're going for is. They could be going for something that's more on the scale of Dead Space, big AAA mm-hmm. title. They could also be going against something like Phasmophobia, which is a much smaller thing. And granted, it's a studio that made PUBG, so I think we can set our expectations for that. Absolutely. And a little bit of backstory about it. Um, this whole story is set on the second largest moon of Jupiter, Callisto, and in a space prism where something you can see from the trailer has gone horribly wrong. You take on a role something of an tentacle. inmate at a... Yeah. <laughs> you take on the role of this inmate at this prison who over the course of the game uh, unravels a mystery about the prison and the people behind it, the United Jupiter Company. That's literally all the information that we have right now about the okay. game. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it's, it's pretty bare what we know about it. This trailer came out at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we can expect to see though at E3. I think maybe not at any major keynote, but possibly at a, at a you know, one of those smaller interviews or somebody comes to show off the game, or at least talk the concepts. But it looks good. I do want to wait until I see gameplay and see what's actually going to be uh, the vibe of this game. But the idea looks and sounds very interesting. Now, knowing PUBG, would you be okay with a game like this being in third person? Yeah, Dead Space was third person, and I, I would expect that. You know, most action adventure games are in third person. Absolutely. So I understand that it's hard to build a platforming experience that works in first person for everybody it is it's hard so i get that and and i'll be interesting interested in seeing what they do it's i can't say i'm gonna play it it looks like it might be one of those games that i go and watch on youtube (laughs) but i am always for the horror genre expanding just because i like it It's (laughs) it's a very cool genre you can get really creative with it there's another game that's been kind of getting talked about a lot it's called Starbase. And I've seen this mentioned here and there. It's been talked about in our community a couple times, been suggested to me. I'm I'm looking at it, I'm considering it, and it's going into beta, I believe, or early access maybe this summer. It's called Starbase, and it's kind of like Star Citizen. Have you seen it? Absolutely, I did. I looked into it, did some research on it. Mm-hmm. And it... It looks like it's a cool, charming game. Reminds me of Star Citizen or Space Engineers, something like that. <laughs> and it's got the multiplayer aspect, you know, play with friends, drop in, have a, lunch, a bunch of people around, build ships. I think you can build. Maybe you can't, but <laughs> I think I saw building in the game. Build ships or a base and just, you know, have a place to hang out and, and call your own with your group. And that's exactly what we're looking for in our server. The only thing is just that 
first, there's already Star Citizen, obviously. It's hard to get tell people, hey, here's Star Citizen 2, come play this instead. Second, it's... The, the graphics aren't... They're not the best. It's the, a voxel-based game. So yeah. I would set your expectations around it being a voxel-based game. And I don't mean for that to sound bad. Mm-hmm. Because graphics aren't everything. That's made very clear by games like Andromeda or Anthem. Sorry, Bioware. But graphics are important. Graphics are one of the reasons I like Star Citizen so much. It's a beautiful game. They spent a lot of time putting effort into the the fidelity and the quality of the materials mm-hmm. and things in that game. That's why I like it. So that is something that makes a difference. And this game doesn't have it in strides. I won't let that stop me from looking at it, but it is something I notice. And Drazen, as part of the community, you know, you know how difficult it can be to get something to catch on. Do you, would, could you see yourself playing this game? I'm not a fan of voxel-based games. I am also... Is that because of the way they look or just because of the idea of being voxel-based? The way they look, I've played voxel-based games in the past, and I never had a burning desire to play them. And mm-hmm. Starbase is not coming across to me as a game that you can play um, occasionally because yeah. Yeah. you are on one server with everybody who plays the game, and you will always kind of want somebody on at your base to make sure nobody's attacking it or raiding it because you're not going to have a lot, if any, offline protection. Mm-hmm. I that kind of time sink I am willing to put into Star Citizen. I've spent two thousand dollars on Star Citizen, so I absolutely should kind of have that time to waste. But yeah. I don't have that kind of time to invest into another game, especially mm-hmm. one that's voxel based that I'm just not really sold on. If there was more offline protection for a base that I build, I would probably have more reason to stay. But it wouldn't make sense because they have one single server that everybody always plays on. So it doesn't yeah. seem like a game I'd play. But I think that's that that's kind of true for most people. There are some mm-hmm. people who just jump from game to game and switch main games like every month, every two months. I'm <laughs> very happy for them. I couldn't do that. And it <laughs> sounds like you're you're the same. You kind of you have one main game that you focus on that you play that you invest your time and money into and you understand. <laughs> and you have other games that you play for fun. You play with friends, you play when you have a couple minutes here and there. Yep. And those are just maybe not necessarily easy to learn, but you already know them, so you don't have <laughs> to learn them. I'm in agreement. This looks like a good game, but it also looks like a replacement for my main game, which wouldn't really work. <laughs> I mean, it's the same with YouTube, I feel, honestly. You, you're you going to follow a channel on YouTube. A lot of the times, you, you might follow a channel that covers a lot of different stuff, but in that case, they don't get into much detail. What you could look for instead is a channel that follows one game very well, and then all of the other games that are like it, you know, kind of... A little bit auxiliary coverage i think do you know I of any channels like that depends on what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that no <laughs> it, it would just so happen Maybe that i might do that for, st- <laughs> for star citizen <laughs> but a lot of the channels i follow for games are like that i mean <laughs> one that both me and you follow a regular that we mentioned here is ek uh he does star wars halo stuff mostly but Follows a lot of stuff that has to do with those things as well. Mm-hmm. And another one that we've talked about in the past, Jack Frags does mostly Battlefield, but also obviously covers basically anything that has to do with that as well. That's just a great way, I think, to cover stuff. And it's a great way to balance yourself out and not try to 
play too many complex games and not enjoy any of them. That's Absolutely. Just, yeah, just a thought of mine. Was there anything else that we missed that was coming from E3? Because I, I honestly, I feel like there's a lot of stuff there that I kind of forget about. I know we get, we get some more companies coming in from the East now. Konami <laughs> used to be just like the only one, Square Enix and Konami. But mm-hmm. now we're starting to see more, especially with Tencent really investing in these Western companies. Have you heard of, are there any other games that you've looked at, maybe forgot about that you were looking forward to see? Nothing this year. My sights are dead set on the games that I already know are, I know will be at least to a standard of mine that is acceptable to spend $60 or more on and play mm-hmm. consistently. And that's Halo Infinite and Battlefield. Oh, when Halo. it comes to, yeah, oh yeah. When it comes to, you know, other games, other studios, I'm a little bit blind to it. I typically have other friends who will get into it and then recommend the games to me. So mm-hmm. as far as games on my radar, none yet, none that I feel are worth mentioning so far. Unless we hear something about Starfield, um, then yeah, maybe that we will. We, we know we will at this mm-hmm. point. Absolutely. But other than that, nothing, nothing on my radar. How about you? I know you're a little more into, you know, Konami and some of the Eastern based games. Mm. Not too much. I would say the yeah. only thing that really interests me a ton from the that group would be if Square Enix was working on another Deus Ex. Is that Square Enix or Crystal Dynamics? Crystal Dynamics, no, they, they're based over here. They do Tomb Raider. Yeah, Square Enix, I believe, still has the rights to Deus Ex. And I really think this would be a great, great time for another Deus Ex. Uh, but I think they should take a shift. Their game became i think i think deus ex should become open world i do their hub system is really good but i think a small i think maybe not open world but expand those hubs i think each of those hubs should be a pretty large open space for us to expand i I mean i know you might not have played deus ex or you might not know what i'm talking about but they they always did hubs for each city that you could visit because it was a multinational game, you would follow the story through different cities, which was awesome because you'd get different locales, different characters, different storylines, but they just, they felt kind of small. And I think with the relative failure of Cyberpunk 2077, with the interest in another sci-fi RPG like Starfield, and with generally just kind of a, a slow, at least currently, a slow time in gaming, this would be a great time to maybe release a teaser for that and maybe they weren't working on it and they couldn't at this point and within the next three months i think the season's really going to heat up so that that window's kind of closed at this point but i think this would have been a great time for them to announce one i don't think they will though i think we're pretty set i also would love to see a new splinter so but i don't think that'll happen either so. i would love to see another deus ex game and i did i played mankind divided okay cool I- Wanted to play Human Revolution. I just haven't got around to it. You know, more homework, I guess. Um, but I did play Mankind Divided, and I love Deus Ex. I think the that genre, that market is prime. I think there's a spot for it. It's been, what, uh, I think Deus Ex Breach was 2017. So, I mean, we're right at that four-year mark. Maybe, you know, five, if you consider yeah, next year. Count. I mean, it count. was, yeah. 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 <laughs> we're, we're basically, although MD was about, 2016 i think so we're 16. not that we're five, four, years, five years away i would say 
I would love to hear something this year or next year about them having already worked on a new Deus Ex or starting development on a new one. Starting development, likely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because they they put it on hold after uh, Mankind Divided didn't do well. Mm -hmm. So they kind of, yeah, they you know how they do. They Netflixed Mm -hmm. it. They Netflix, yeah, but uh, the market's prime for it. I think, um, you know, any other game that's trying to get into that cyberpunk e genre um, will have an audience to go to for sure. Yeah, it got primed. Yeah, do it, do it. We want that. We need that. Yes, for it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's about that. About does it this week. Everybody who's joined us this time, thank you guys so much. Anybody who's here live, thank you as supporters. You obviously get the front row seat. You get to sit here live while we shoot this. And at some point, we'll even get to chat once we get this all figured out. Obviously, as you guys can see, we've still got the uh, the live chat window here with no live chat. That will be updated shortly, but th- th- things take time. <laughs> I would like to thank you all, though, for coming to the launch sequence. This was week three with your man, Space Tomato and drazen over here we're just covering some games some sci-fi stuff some star citizen this has been k face tomato and uh cowboy drazen thanks again for coming to launch sequence we'll see you guys next time make sure to review make sure to rate it and make sure to tell us what you liked and didn't like later <laughs>